this is the first podcast where I've actually got like notes. I so, love it. Yeah, proper handwriting. Hand, oh God, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just a matter of interest, being of the medical profession, uh, Doc. What is your handwriting like? Uh. Oh my God. the Frankenstein RPG podcast, where we try the truly awesome task of stitching together an RPG from the body parts of other role-playing games chosen by a group of RPG enthusiasts. Uh, I'm no longer contractually obliged to call them experts. We have the sole intention of attempting to make the ultimate fantasy role-playing game. This is still the only game to give you a double hernia. Uh, in this episode, episode four, we look at the topics of combat and the thorny subject failing forward and as usual the pod goes bonkers whilst trying to appease everyone and pleasing no one this episode we find out just how deliberately to annoy residents of the northwest audition my dog for a spot on MCing, she doesn't get the job and we wind up our resident computer shallow thought for another of Kay's powerpoint masterclasses apologies this week go to fans of almost every role-playing game and for those that enjoy failing forward here we go. Good. So um, welcome, uh, all of you, to um, episode four, which is about combat in the first instance and then failing forwards. We were going to have a look at, I know there's a degree of contention. And I have to say, if you looked at the Twitter feed uh, for this one, as soon as you mentioned the word combat, mm. it went Mad, and I mean really mad. In fact, so mad about three episodes before we'd even started, um, somebody sent me sent me a note on combat anyway, which was uh, quite interesting. But anyway, there we are. So lots of uh, lots of potential for for people to harangue us. Uh, again, we are joined by uh, four of uh, the very finest people from the role playing community. Uh, but I'll allow them to introduce themselves. Um, shall we start with uh, uh, Mr. Cowie, Doctor Cowie? You probably should turn yourself off. Currently, is is miming. <laughs> is that working now? Yeah. That's working. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm so sorry. That's the last thing you needed right at the start. Um, uh, uh, so on that excellent note, uh, yes, uh, uh, Andrew Cowie, often known as Doc, or Doctor Cowie, Dracowie on Twitter. Thank you. Uh, and on my screen, anyway, next to you, uh, this is a bit like University Challenge, actually. I've got all, all arranged. Uh, next one is Benson, Liverpool. <laughs> Hello. Uh, my special subject is um, not knowing that much about RPGs. And, uh, anyway, uh, yeah, I'm Neil, Neil Benson, uh, also known as uh, Old Scouser RPing on uh, Twitter. Thank you very much, Neil. Uh, Jim. Uh, Jim, uh, Jim Jim the Grim on uh, Twitter. Uh, my specialist subject seems to be uh, lockdown haircuts. I'm looking like a mad scientist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
it's it's a doozy, as they say. Mm. Uh, and uh, finally, the uh, for a return visit after our triumphant processional processional first episode last time, uh, Kay. Hi, I'm Kay Elling. Uh, you can find me on at k underscore zero on Twitter, and my specialist subject is PowerPoint addiction. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we can we can put you in. Is there, is there not like a twelve step program to get over this? There is, but it's Microsoft, so it's really expensive. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Okay, so so this today on this glorious uh, uh, sunny Sunday morning, uh, we're here to talk about uh, combat and failing forwards. Um, as I said, there's been a fair bit of controversy about uh, combat in particular, and it seems to be a real split. And obviously, we'll find out exactly what it is for you guys as well in terms of your split. But um, there seems to be a genuine split amongst. Uh, particularly followers on Twitter, uh, have had a couple of emails as well on the subject, and hopefully we'll reference those in a bit. Um, a real split on combat, which is going to be the first area that we're looking at, uh, as to whether people really want crunchy or whether, like we've discussed in the past, things like initiative, it just sort of gets in the way of the story. So um, who should we go to first? Um, Jim. Uh, Jim. Oh, I'm at the start of a tent. You are. Um, I think it's a starting, uh, coming back to, to, to what you said. It's, it, it's really about what people want personally, I, I think, out of it. And, and there's a sort of access from not really that bothered, but need some form of re- resolution mechanic. And mm. the, the other end of it, where you've got lots of crunchy detail and um, maybe role master type tables and, and, and this kind of thing. I do love RuneQuest, uh, as you as you all know, and, and I think the combat <laughs> in it um, writes its own story, which 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 is great, and, and some people love that level of uh, detail. Um, but for the Frankenstein RPG, I'm I, I'm going to plump for something that I think fixes two problems, and uh-huh. one is is scalability. The the question of what happens when you go above 100% or above 20 or your, you know, your school gets greater, perhaps at greater mm. levels or, or, or greater proficiency in the campaign. Um, so I have to be careful what I say here because my, my GM uh, is, is one of the panel here. Uh, but I, I have a character that can only be hit on a, on a 20. And unfortunately, a natural 20 is a critical. So it's, it's either shit or bust for my character. There, there, there isn't any sort of granularity uh, in in between. Um, okay. It's a great game, but but I, I just think in terms of combat, the the scalability problem is a is a challenge. Yeah. And, and the other challenge is is how you deal with uh, opposition or resolution of things that are anything other than weapons, shields, etc. Uh, mm-hmm. How do you deal with impromptu actions like parrying with a table that sort of to and fro of, of cinematic action uh and, and probably that applies to mixing magic with fighting as well um you know most most systems have separate mechanics for that so mm-hmm. then you have to have some additional way of resolving the interaction of the of the combat and the magic um mm. saving throw being one love it or hate it um and, and i think the, the the, the the system that I've seen that addresses that is actually HeroQuest or Quest Worlds as it as it now is. Okay. Um, 
So it, it has this concept of masteries. And if you uh, get over 100% over 20, you, you, you instead of going up to 21 or 110 or whatever, you, you have a mastery. And uh, if you have a greater level of mastery than, than your opponent, you increase your level of success. So if, if I had a mastery over uh, uh, a kobold or whatever, some kind of enemy, um, mm -hmm. and normally I'd, I'd roll a success. In fact, I rolled a special or a critical. So it helps dealing with the situation with fighting mooks as well that aren't very good. Um, mm -hmm. And it, it means that you've got that scalability because you can have heroes in your game and normal characters and it, it will scale in a sort of linear way. Um, so so that's that's one reason. The other thing is the opposition of it. Uh, because of the way it works, you, you, you can pit just any one thing against any one other thing. So uh -huh. if your character's super agile, you could use that to dodge something like a like a magic missile. You, you could have a character with uh, the weapon skill of just improvised weapon and, and then do a kind of uh, Jackie Chan fighting with pots and pans. <laughs> so uh, th that works quite well. And I, and I think best of all, it avoids the, the arbitrary saving throw against things as well, because there's always an active opposition potential mm -hmm. so you you can you can strip that bit out of uh frankenstein's rpg and again because my game master is here i should say i love saving throws and i love being given them um but uh, <laughs> it's, it, it's one thing you could you could do without if you have a kind of active opposition thing and, and the last thing okay. i'd say specifically to the way that it's implemented in in hero quest or quest worlds is that you've got simple contests so you can you can start off any any episode with with some quick resolution of things perhaps where the outcome matters less and then you can leave a sort of longer contest for a climatic fight so uh, my pitch for frankenstein's rpg is hero quest quest worlds and and involved in that pitch was uh, a very obsequious and fawning uh, sort of pie end to i'm assuming Mr. Cowie, as the as the DM for you, is it? No, it's, it it's, it's the mighty Mr. Benson, the ever generous Mr. Benson. <laughs> no, no, he's he's man. impervious to he's impervious to begging. Uh, uh, you know, hence my nickname, Davy Five character. <laughs> so, Quest World. Is it? This is Ian Cooper's work. Is that right? Or Ian's certainly the line manager for it, isn't he? Uh, yes, indeed. Yeah. And he's currently working on uh, Quest Worlds, I believe, available on GitHub tool um, mm -hmm. for the geeks out there. Um, and uh, it's a, a, as a base engine, as it were, it could be used for anything from from superheroes through to uh, the the Glorantha that a few of us here know and love. So mm. I, I think when it comes to something like building your own role playing game from different bits. It could potentially fit in with with anything that that kind of resolution mechanic that it has. It, it does. It lacks crunch, though, doesn't it? It does. And, it and does. I, yeah, and, and I think I think the only thing I would say with regard to Quest Worlds, and and I know that the mechanics for Quest Worlds in general are fairly slick in order to keep the story or or the the adventure alive. I, mm. I, I get that bit, but uh, uh, there is a definite hunger amongst the, the grognard community for crunch <laughs> so quest worlds yeah but 
a, a fine, a fine example of uh, of a combat mechanic that, as you say, it does really work quite slickly. Hmm. Thank you very much, Jim. Uh, just interestingly enough, uh, a couple just sort of throw in there before we hear any more. Um, Sam Vale, who we managed to completely and utterly uh, destroy with the last pod sent me just a, a very blunt uh, email saying it has to be Pendragon, super slick D20 system. I've not forgiven you. So um, Pendra I'm, I'm putting his his Pendragon is sort of coming in by, by sort of a, a side door, if you like. But uh, we'll keep with the theme. Uh, Dr. Cowie, um, your forensic examination of uh, combat, please. Ah, well, uh, you're going to be disappointed. I was looking at the, uh, the group of people we have here. We've got uh, Jim's wisdom, Neil's enthusiasm, Kay's unlimited expertise. And I thought, well, maybe what we need is a Piers Morgan of the group a uh, <laughs> uh someone there to generate a bit of controversy on the social media so uh that can be me and i'm going to start with your opening <laughs> comment about do people like crunching combat or do they not mm -hmm. and actually that question is do they like combat or do they just see it getting in the way of telling their fun stories about elves and pixies and so i mean we're, we're going to start with I mean, in fact, we're not even going to debate. I, I previously made the fatal error of trying to talk about multiple games with Kay in the call um, and was uh, torn to shreds. So that's not going to happen this time. Um, <laughs> I have got the game I'm going to be going with. It's the only possible option. And uh, uh -huh. and I'm prepared to defend my corner on this one. The, the only one to go for is the only game out there that has really thought, how can we make combat fun and enjoyable? And the answer is Dungeons and Dragons 4th Edition. It is designed from the ground Ooh. up to come up with, you know, to make combat something that you can look forward to, um, uh, uh, something that you can all uh, make interesting choices throughout, that is balanced, that has <coughs> variety involved with it. There are multiple roles, um, all of which have mutually supporting abilities. So there's a lot of teamwork and working together. Um, the key thing behind it is they used actual mathematics. They actually looked at it. They said, okay, <laughs> um, you know, I, I mean, there's some widely quoted things. Uh, monsters should probably succeed half the time. Player characters should probably succeed 66% of the time. Obviously, you can argue about that. But, you know, they're saying, mm -hmm. you know, no one should always succeed, but maybe, you know, roughly aim for 50, 66. And they've got maths right the way through it that allows you to do that and come up with um you know good outcomes um it's got interesting movement both voluntary and involuntary um the ability to generate opponents um there are varied roles which can do you know a variety of different things there's the not quite groundbreaking because of course feng shui had um uh, mooks first but it's got the minions elites and solos combination which allows you you know the, you know, the same monster to play very different roles throughout the entire game mm -hmm. there's a stress on mm -hmm. terrain and environment um uh, I mean, it has been you know slagged off for actually thinking about it actually you know people will any minute now, Neil is going to tell me off for saying how boring it is to have actual maths behind it. You know, but just because it is possible to come up with a balanced, exciting adventure and, uh, and combat every time, doesn't mean you have to. You know, they've said here is the tool that lets you do it. If you want to have, you know, a an easy fight early on, you want to have a tough fight, you want to have an impossible fight. They're all 
again, you know what you're getting into. It's, you know, it's uh, the strategic side of things. You know, should we have this fight is much clearer um, uh, and there's much, much, much less room for boredom, much less room for uh, accidentally everyone getting killed. So um, uh, mm -hmm. there is my answer. We could stop so there if you like. <laughs> so I think I think maybe doing a bit of a disservice to our listeners if we stopped exactly there, Doc. But yeah, Neil, I've, go I've got a question about fourth edition D and D because I've never played it. Um, so what I've heard or read is only as like secondhand, I guess. Mm. Um, so one of the uh, impressions I have of it is so it is very combat focused in a, in all those clever ways you talked about. Well, I've heard people saying that they've had, you know, two or three sessions spent on one combat. And and I kind of think, now I don't know if that's true, but that's, I have read, you know, on Twitter and other places, people saying that. I just can't mm. see how that could be fun just for one combat. Uh, you're getting down into like real, you know, simple things taking a, a, a long time, I guess. that That's so, so I, am I wrong? Um, I, I don't know whether you're allowed to come back on this. Um, uh, oh, good, good. Absolutely, I, I, I yes. the street fighting aspect. Right, okay. If remember, <laughs> for remember we are specifically talking about combat here. So, so saying, yeah. um, you know, I hear the combat, you know, this game is quite combat focused. Um, well, fair enough. We are doing the topic of combat. Therefore, it would seem weird not to. Uh, can a can a combat take a long time? Yes, it can, just like it can in anything else. I don't know whether in, you know, OD&D you ever fought 400 orcs. Um, but that takes a bit of time, right? I mean, you know, so it all comes down to how you set it up. And yes, combat, because it is fun, because it is designed to be fun, um, can take up a lot of the session. And I think in many ways that was, you know, um, uh, the weakness of fourth edition is that people looked at this and said, well, you know, the combat seems great. We seem to be spending a lot of time doing that. That means it's no good at anything else. And of course, the argument always was um, you don't need rules for, for role playing in the same way, though. Don't get me onto skill challenges, which are awesome. Um, uh, you know, but, you know, the role playing bit, you don't need page after page of rules. There was plenty of fluff in fourth edition. Book after the fluff in fourth edition was the you know, in many ways, certainly the best for D&D &D up till then. Um, I think mm -hmm. the risk was that people just treated it as a tactical skirmish war game, um, which, of course, OD&D &D was a tactical skirmish war game. Um, people mm -hmm. just did that. And I think that raised people's ire simply because, you know, this bit was so good that they forgot to do the rest of it. But I could talk about this all morning and we've got powerpoints to get to. it's 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 like mr miyagi has entered the room <laughs> to defend fourth edition D. &D. it is interesting do you know nobody but nobody has raised dungeons and dragons fourth edition as a potential so, so you, you are if nothing else a lone voice in the wilderness uh, dr kelly uh, what, what i will say is an interesting on your point an early contribution from uh, adam buxton not that one, uh, as he points out himself, uh, real combat is deadly. And, and what his point was, does any sort of rule set really reflect this? You know, you can go through, um, well, for example, in, in Dungeons, and, and Dungeons and Dragons, not to pick on Dungeons and Dragons in particular, but you can go through very lengthy combats with, with things. And if you're D&D &D 4th edition, you can spread it out into weeks, it seems. So 
and, but is it is is it reflective of combat? Should should it be reflected? Should a game be reflected of reflective of combat? Because after all, it is a game. But interesting, D and D fourth edition, fascinating. I'm not going to prolong the agony anymore. Neil, you and I are going to have to follow Kay. Mm. Kay, please take us through your second magnum opus. What would that be? <laughs> magnum opioid or something? I don't, what would that I be? don't know. Can you can you have more than one? I, you probably can't, actually. But, yeah, okay. um, I'm not going to talk through my PowerPoint because, you know, <gasps> we are on Zoom at this moment, and it does feel like I am, you know, although at least you're on camera because my students are never on camera. So uh, this is more interaction than I've ever had. But, should you know, we should gonna... we make you should we make you feel at home and switch our cameras off? Then? No, please don't. Oh, okay. um, no, I'm not going to talk through it, but I am going to take a couple of couple of um, ideas from it. But it was really good to hear Jim talk about uh, some of his ideas, because a lot of the ideas that everyone's talking about, um, they're kind of there as well. And I love this concept of scalability. And I think that was the thing that I was really trying to mm-hmm. to kind of unpick with this ridiculous endeavor that I did. Um, that we do have these kind of these sort of matrices or these continua, because that is a word, um, on whether you want <laughs> it is. I looked it up. Uh, yeah, I'm an academic. I have to do that. It's contractually, you know, I'm contractually obliged to look things up if I'm not 100 percent sure. <laughs> Um, but, you know, looking at on the one hand, going for this sort of crunch in the tables. Oh, look, even the dog agrees. Uh, oh, on sorry. the one hand, uh, fast or fastidious um, and other punch or crunch and other such awful mm. slogans. Um, I come from very much a I don't care about combat mentality, which is why it was really exciting to have a look at all this, because I wasn't, you know, I've got all these games and it was really easy for me last last time to look through all of the stats stuff because I'm like, yeah, I've made loads of characters. Mm-hmm. I know what I'm doing. And then it came to, to combat and I and it took me like two years to go through every stuff because I just it goes in one ear and out the other and I don't really care what happens. So for me, it was definitely about speed uh, and about making things simple and about that idea of scalability and hiding the maths that's it because they all have maths you know you doc talking about D being like the champion of maths um mm-hmm. but yeah so so i'm going to talk about call of cthulhu because even though it's an investigative thing mm-hmm. it is the simplicity of percentages and it's just so easy for people like me who are good at drawing pictures but not very good at numbers <laughs> to have a simple percentage and even I can work out what half of something is and that's really quite useful but the thing I really like about Call of Cthulhu is that it dispenses with a lot of the kind of early faffing if you think of the sort of three phases of combat that sort of setup and then action and then resolution the setup in Call of Cthulhu is so simple and that's what I really love about it because it's just dex-based initiative your initiative is set right at the start of the game you don't have to roll any dice you don't have to check any particular skills mm-hmm. I mean you do have skills if you've got a draw and and in terms of actual combat firearms always go first brilliant tick job mm. done everybody knows what's happening so it's it's very quick to get into and then when you talk about the actions that you can do they're really quick as well you've got attack or maneuvers or something like flee uh, and yeah you've got advanced stuff as well but it's just really simple what you're going to do are you going to attack or you're going to do something else uh, or are you going to run away simple simple and and yet you've got so much scope within that flexibility to just kind of run about. I also really like the fact that that when it comes to movement and distance, they talked about yards or meters because I got really angry about Fall of Delta Green, which was a close second for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I almost picked that one because it's got, you know, it's got the Call of Cthulhu stuff, but just loads more. Um, uh, But they, they insisted on yards, which is, of course, 
you know the right um, the right unit for the yeah. setting, but we're relatively not ancient Europeans, and therefore we need meters and we don't need yards. So that was kind of good. So, okay. oh, oh, Neil's disagreeing with me on this one. This is the CSE GCSE split, isn't it? This yeah, is the, it is. have any of you got CSEs? Because uh, I, I was on the second year of GCSEs, so it's meters for me all the way. Um, but, uh, <laughs> oh dear, I have a horrible feeling we're all O-levels. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so if you're all O-levels, you may feel differently about this, won't you? But, um, but yeah, so I really like the fact that it's got a singular damage type as well, that you don't have necrotic and, I don't know, cheese-based or whatever the damage types are that you've got in D&D. <laughs> I'm just really upset. Doc with this one. Cheese-based? Um, cheese Cheese-based damage. <laughs> well, you might have that in d and you, I bet you, I could probably bet you a tenner that there is some kind of expansion set where you can actually have some sort of poisoning damage, particularly that's cheese-based poisons. Certainly, um, certainly in fourth edition, there's, there yeah, must be exactly. at least some sort of Stilton-based damage. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Listen, exactly. Don't roll flick for us lactose, the Yeah, roll mm. for lactose intolerance. You know, it's that kind <laughs> of thing. So. <laughs> But, okay. uh, but again, Con Cthulhu, it's very simple. Singular damage, maybe some con damage, loads of specialisations if you want it. And yeah. even the success and fail conditions are really simple because of that percentage system. So I would say it's scalable not only for size. So if you've got a big battle, little battle, doesn't matter. But also scalable for player proficiency. And that was a point that Jim made that I really loved. Mm. In that your player proficiency for combat, you've got on the one hand of the scale, you've got someone like Doc who has his PhD mm -hmm. and well, his doctorate, his medical doctorate. And on the other hand, you've got someone like me who is still failing at a PhD and likes to draw pretty pictures. And, and somewhere on that continuum, this is, this is where I am on that side. Okay. So, so uh, fascinating that already two, uh, two combat systems from Chaosium, neither of which are RuneQuest. Uh, and RuneQuest is always one of those ones that sort of head up. And, and actually, funnily enough, coming back to that sort of Adam Buxton point about, about uh, you know, deadly, I'm, I'm not sure there is a more deadly combat system necessarily than, than RuneQuest, or, although I'm going to give it a good idea to find one. So Before you move yeah. on, though, Dave, talking about deadliness, one of the beautiful things about Call of Cthulhu is that uh, when you talk about the damage scale of how damaged someone is, you have minor, yeah. moderate uh, severe, deadly, terminal, and splat. And that <laughs> is. So I think that those things, in a nutshell, encapsulate just how, how broad this can be and how deadly. It's interesting, isn't it? I, I, played, I play, have played and do play quite a lot of Cthulhu. And I, I'm not a fan of the combat system. But, you know, again, my vote doesn't carry any more weight than anybody else. And it's, it's a perfectly well-argued, uh, perfectly well-argued uh, suggestion. Hmm. Just uh, incidentally, just on a couple of other ones, I'm hoping but only, only Neil and I left to go that we don't have to go through um, uh, Ed Ed of F Side Games, Fanny Side Games, uh, and his shark hit table template that he produced, uh, which which was a level of granularity I'm not sure anybody anybody any game really needs, but it got a bit of a bit of a liking on that one. Uh, I think we a, a compatriot of yours actually, Neil, or, or certainly not too far away from you. Uh, uh, at Kiha uh, at Dissecting Worlds, mm -hmm. who, uh, again, rather threateningly, since he posted a picture with a very large mace, said it had better be flashing blades or else. Mm. Uh, and, I, and, and I do love flashing blades, not, not, not quite so much as he does. Um, 
So I'm going to come to you next then, Neil, for okay. uh, the Northwest representing this today. Uh, what's your... Is it Flashing Blades? No, it's, 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 it's not going to be Flashing Blades. Um, this, this is... So I've been on a few podcasts, and, and I suppose this, this fact that I've actually thought about what I'm going to say here and, and made some notes shows uh, it's the first time it's happened on, on any podcast. Uh, it shows I've actually given it some consideration in, a, in advance. I, I guess mm. I was thinking about um, what should combat give us in a game you know I, I, I love combat I have to admit when the, when the GM's like whether it's roll for initiative or, or you know let's work out strike rank or whatever it might be oh, I, I just uh-huh. love it. I, I love you, you, you know that uh, the, 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 the whole thing and, and the first thing I think combat should give us is a sense of excitement you know we, we, we're getting into like we're stepping out the normal frame of of our role playing and um, we're going into something mm-hmm. much more structured and we want it to be uh, exciting uh, and, and part of that is has to be a, a sense of uh of peril and danger and and loss of life i think really is is uh is you know it's the ultimate cost isn't it in in, in, a, in a combat and i know there are games that don't you know have combat but don't you know kill your characters i, I just don't see the point mm-hmm. to be honest but there you go um <laughs> other, other things I think are important about com, com, uh, combat is an opportunity to use stuff your character can do, your abilities and spells and, you know, uh, clever yep. tricks and stuff like that. It's an opportunity mm-hmm. for, for players to be clever, to be tactical and to try and, you know, get things to, you know, like a, a, a synchronicity between the characters. Um, yeah. The other thing I think it does is even if your characters don't die, uh, <laughs> actually, I'd say not like that's a common thing. It's, it's, not, <laughs> it's not, yeah. You, you did mean to say when when your characters yeah, when, die. When, yes. When. Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, th- there still should be some effect on their resources, you know. So whether that's hit points or ammo or or their spells for the the day or, or whatever. And I think um, that, that's one of the reasons why I like older style games is because i think that's much more obvious the the, the wearing down of resources you know you just yeah. uh, uh as uh has been mentioned elsewhere have a, a a bit of tea and cake and you get everything back you know sit down for five minutes <laughs> um and the other thing combat should do is is move the game forward as well you know so so oh. it's yeah, I guess you can have random encounters which are just fun in themselves but it's nice that they you give you a sense that the players, the sense that they're, they're, they're moving forward. So, so with all that in mind, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I, I had, a, had a little think about some of the games I've played. Uh, and I know I, I need to pick one, but some of the standouts uh, uh, for me. Um, so uh, I know somebody suggested Barbarians of Lemuria. I think it was Sam, likewise. Yeah. And I think Barbarians yeah. of Lemuria is a very good uh, combat system. It's perfectly suited to the genre it's fast it's heroic it allows players to be tactical it's not a um it's not a miniatures based system it's it's very theater of the mind um yeah so so there's that in terms of the old school stuff uh you know i thought about Mm -hmm. like old school essentials and, and and that that lot and you know combat is fun in those games but it tends because they're quite simple 
Um, I mean, you can do cool things, but it's all kind of house ruled and stuff like that. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, but it's fast. Um, of those kind of games, I think one that does uh, combat really well is DCC, um, particularly once you get past. So that's Dungeon Crawl Classics. Uh, for those who don't know, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> once you, once you, just, sorry, just woke yeah. everybody up there for yeah. a minute. <laughs> Absolutely. What, okay, is, is that is that a hit? What, why? No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> no. I, funny enough, I thought, I thought, I thought as soon as you said barbarians of Lemuria, I thought, oh, that's 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 where oh, no, we're no, going no, with no. the suggestion. No, 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 no. But DCC. No, no. Oh, yeah, okay. and, and, and there is so well. So I've got a few, so I'm going to quickly, quickly whiz through them before. No, 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 uh, no, 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 it wasn't meant uh, to be uh, no, critical. Right, no. have, you done, have you done the PowerPoint that explains uh, this? No, but I do have notes, wow. and, and I'd be prepared to uh, photocopy them and <laughs> <laughs> uh, send, send them out by mail. If you, you could take a brass rubbing of your, yeah. uh, <laughs> your, your chalk marks Absolutely. on this slate. Yeah, that's... <laughs> so DCC is... Um, it does old school combat really well. I think it's got um, you know warriors have uh, mighty deeds. Um, magic is very, you know chaotic. It, it, it might produce a, an amazing effect, or it could hugely backfire. Um, you've got okay. your crit tables and your fumble tables. Uh, so every aspect of uh, that kind of old school combat, there's things that can just like happen that you you don't predict or um i i just think it's really good combat system uh of that nature mm -hmm. i actually I, i'm only going to mention one more actually that, that i do i do have a long list but i'm going to mm. mention one more no, no, no. Uh, and that is uh, the one ring now what that does it again it abstracts combat uh, so you have at the start of uh, a round you um pick a stance and that determines how uh, how hard it is for you to attack other uh, enemies and and how hard it is for them to uh, attack you but also you have mm -hmm. loads of um tasks i think they're called like different actions that you can do you can try and rally your comrades you can try and protect someone you have things that are specific mm -hmm. to your um your character you have things that are specific to the stance you're in there's yeah. lots of levels for uh, lots of different um, tactics you could you can employ. Okay. To be fair, we just generally default to let's smack it. Um, but <laughs> no, but there are those options there, um, and, uh, and there's a certain brute elegance to the way that you approach role playing. I, well, I like to think so. <laughs> and, uh, and and it's just and it can be a couple of unlucky rolls and you know that's it game over and there was one, one mm -hmm. uh, uh particular session we played a, a few weeks ago now and uh, there were four of us and we went into a uh, a goblin lair and there was a handful of goblins and a couple of orcs and it just didn't it just didn't work for us like you you know we, we went in all heroic and all of a sudden we swarmed by these things joe's character got killed we're trying to you know retreat out and we ended up running away you know and and, and it feels really dangerous really uh gritty maybe maybe gritty is not the wrong word but certainly dangerous um 
and it can be which again which again comes back to your point about you know combat has to be yeah. has to have some element of peril yeah, absolutely in there. and it can yeah. and, it, and it can be exciting as well it, it is exciting you know i'm going to say my, my actual choice is the one ring it was, it was a hard choice i have to say I hope Ball doesn't think I'm being yeah, yeah. unfaithful or, or you know, DCC is going to get the huff or anything like that. Uh, it's it's funny how the, the, there's a sort of a series of games that, that tend to crop up, crop up regardless of who, who's sort of on the panel. Barbarians of Lemuria always get mm. to look in. The one ring usually doesn't. Of course, we've taken the social interaction mm. from the one ring. It, it, that's in there. Uh, yeah. And you avoided the trap, obviously, of uh, flashing bay blades. Yeah. Uh, so just, just blades watch out for very large yeah. Wirral residents chasing know, you around. So, sorry, you know. Clark. Fortunately, there's a, a big expanse of water. Um, but but <laughs> I, I think his, uh, he's got specially adapted um, feet and hands, uh, I think with like web bits in between, <laughs> to help him swim uh, more effectively. So, Good. But, uh, we, we, so a, a very large, potentially quite, quite violent yeah. man with with a mason. I've, I've got the the iron man on the beach to defend me. Somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> but, but flash, flash and blaze though is is. Are you going to mention flash and blaze, Dave? Or uh, uh, only only in passing to can, can I quickly dismiss it? Out let, of let me hand, quickly mention really. it just to appease um, Dagon and yeah. his. Uh, <laughs> Um, so I'm gonna have to edit this <laughs> very severely. Yeah. Uh, so you won't mind. Um, so it's a flash and blade. It has what? What makes it unique is uh, you have uh, different um, moves you can do, and it's kind of like a, a, a rock paper scissors. So as as a, a player, you might have uh, if you you your particular fencing style, French style, or, or Spanish mm -hmm. style, or Italian, Italian or Spanish, you, you have yeah, yeah. different uh, moves, um, and uh, and you know you might have brawler moves, and you have different defenses, and you get to do an attack and a defense, and the start of, when it's your turn, you kind of get your well, when we were doing it online, you kind of have your two, you, you pick your card. I've still got the cards knocking about somewhere, and then uh, you kind of hold them up the same time as the gm and and so they would have picked an attack and a defense for their um for, for, for the guy you're fighting and and that would affect so, your roles and and damage and okay. all kinds of stuff it was it was, it was good fun but it was a bit like housey housey though really it, there it, was yeah. yeah i mean i could <laughs> happy happy families yeah yeah absolutely yeah see have you got Mr. Bun the see, Baker? See, you can say all this stuff if you're land-based. You don't have to worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, he, he he has the right of reply. In fact, he's on in about two excellent, episodes' time. Excellent. So, <laughs> so uh, <laughs> whatever, whatever part of the game it is, the answer will be Flash and Blades. I'm quite sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm quite right, too. But we, we, we do have to be able to. So the one ring, yes. though, is, is your yes. choice. Okay. There, there were a number of other games that were mentioned that we haven't done. Excuse me. Um, Hastati 100, uh, Rollmaster was clearly uh, clearly his first love. Uh, Free League games got an and, and far too many people to mention. That I, I know um, M Cookie123 Martin did, and about three other people. The guys from Effect certainly mm. said, you know, uh, 
free league games were the way to go. Flashing blades, as we were talking about. Um, and and uh, Robin Worthy also said any game that removes hit points is is the winner as far as he was concerned. So th- there were a few others that we you know, we obviously haven't mentioned, although one of them uh, I have just sort of plumped for. Uh, it's pretty close to uh, a starty 100. Amazingly enough, uh <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. You're full of surprises, mate. <laughs> I had to say it. Uh, I, I, I think I think all the things that you've all said so far make absolute sense, and I can see, depending on which group you've got, and, and it again is one of the sort of fundamental issues I think we've had is how can you do something that incorporates every different type of gamer, and clearly. You know, you sort of can't really. So the best thing to do is to set sail with whatever, uh, whatever sort of uh, game you, you've designed, and hope that you can bring people with you. Those who like crunch, those who don't like crunch, those who view combat as an annoyance, and those who absolutely adore combat. But I think in in every game, there isn't a single role playing game that I'm aware of, anyway, unless it's unless it's the My Little Pony one. That, that'll be a later episode, right? <laughs> Horse based uh, choices. Let's let's. <laughs> We're not we're not going we're not going down that route, uh, but I, I sort of wrote down I wrote down a number of of games in which you could you could really do exactly the same way as you did Neil took lots of I produced this, uh, but you probably won't be able to see it. it's my my sort of scatter scatter graph, and I did it from uh, attritional at the top of one axis to to deadly at the bottom, and then you had sort of simulationist and sort of loosey goosey. So at the loosey goosey end, you had things like Troika, Liminal. FFG Star Wars with that interpretation of dice, it could be a little bit. I'm not sure whether I've necessarily got that right. 2D20s up there, Barbarians of Lemuria with the the ability to sort of you know take out the the minions or I can't remember what they call it. What do they call uh, it? Rabble, I think they're called. Which I think is brilliant because then you do have that epic sort of cinematic com- you know, combat that you can have, and you take out twenty of these uh, these uh, rabble in, in in one sort of shot. Um, and then also we had Estrin, but. Uh, I still don't understand Estrin. I've read it a couple of times now, and it's beyond me, I think. One game that got an enormous amount of, of, of love, which sort of hit the sweet spot on, on all of those axes, almost in the middle. And certainly on my graph, it was almost in the middle. You can see here, if I just hold this up again, it's, it's here. 13th Age. Uh, Baz from the Smart Party loved it. Um, quite a lot of other people really, really like 13. It got a lot of love. And it's only right, of course, that then we, we ignore that <laughs> uh, and prompt for something else completely different. Why should we be populist? Uh, but then you go right down the other end, and we had two two extraordinary attempts to get us to talk about them, Millennium's End and Phoenix Command, which is just... It just <laughs> insane with about eight thousand sort of statistics for 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 weapons and individual hit types and locations, which then prompted obviously um, Ed Ed to come up with his aftermath shark uh, shark um, hit table or hit location table rather graphic. So uh, lots of interesting stuff I think, but as I said, I, I am gonna I am gonna go with Merp. It's, it's actually come about because of the, the recent play that we've had. And and what really fascinated me was the minute we got into combat, the first thing everybody did was, oh, you could see everybody critical, critical, critical. And it was like that sort of build-up of tension. And and, it, and then when somebody gets a critical, it's like, 
woohoo! You know, everyone's yeah. celebrating on, on around the virtual tabletop in this instance. And then, and then it's oh, what's the critical role going to be? And then it's either extreme disappointment as you've you know, okay, an extra three hits you've sort of mildly irritated their skin, through to you know, death by one shot arrow through the head. Uh, so, I, I think. I think it does two things for me, Merp. The first is I think it can be extremely quick and deadly. I think the other thing is you have to think about what you're doing very carefully. So the sort of process of actions and everything else. And obviously, as we've got the initiative system from 2D20 that allows the players to go first, they can really think about how they want to approach combat. There's a slightly better chance that they'll get through it if they get the first hit, I guess. My math's probably not strong enough to figure that one out. And finally, there's lots of tables. Who, who doesn't love lots of tables? Doesn't quite do everything. It doesn't get rid of move hit points or anything else. But uh, I, I, I rather like I rather like the slightly eccentric but fun elements of of Merb. Uh, you know, and, and critical hit tables. So that's that's my suggestion. I think it's a good one. I, I enjoy playing Merb. I like the combat. I think it's really good. Bit, I'm, I'm not quite sure how we're going to fit it in with all of the other elements we've got, we've got in there, but uh, <laughs> we'll see. Okay, so we, but we do need to, we do need to have some sort of vote. So um, hopefully we've done a little bit of justice to uh, to combat. I think the only things that we are probably missing out on are you know champions again. Bushido did, uh, but Free Ligan was was almost a consistent one that people come out. If, if you're taking a poll, it would be the dice pool system of Free Free League. <laughs> Uh, and and or thirteenth age, so the two of those really got a good look. Um, I've, but, I've got you know. one that um, I, I'm going to. Since we're talking about stuff that, like, it, I think it's um, quite well known and and uh, it, it has been quite influential. Is the uh, yeah. the D six system like the Open D six, the West End Games D six? Um, yeah, I, I, there was a game yeah. I was going to mention, Vikinger, which is based on that. But you could take a whole raft of games that are derived from that, and yeah. that does do away with uh, hit points. Um, you have wound levels, and and as you take uh, wounds, it affects uh, how you know how well how effective you are. So, um, and you can do things like mm. you, you from your pool, you can split it. So you could do maybe multiple attacks. Well, you don't split actually. You get like a penalty. Um, but okay. uh, actually, that, I think that's quite a good option as well. And and it's pretty fast and uh, and it can be quite heroic as well. But you'll you'll have met your grizzly end by that stage. <laughs> I, I think it. I think what I will do is suggest that Robin, uh, who raised the point about removing hit points and so on, maybe Vikinger. Might be one to look at. Also, Adam Buxton as well, who's looking for something that was sort of comparative, real life, and deadly. Uh, anyway, we, we have to we have to reach some sort of cons mm -hmm. consensus. So, uh, Jim, we have uh, Quest Worlds was your uh, a very long time ago was your your uh, your nomination. Doc went for D and D four E in in possibly the the least likely to have been predicted suggestion, I think, but but a good one. Uh, Neil, you've gone with the One Ring, um, having having eschewed DCC, some of the OSR stuff, uh, mm -hmm. but One Ring. Uh, uh, Kay with um, Call of Cthulhu, which was a game. Uh, I think, yeah, uh, Chaosim doing very well. Chaosim done very well out of this, this podcast as well. And then finally, me with my usual mad suggestion of Merp. So we have to go with a vote. So, uh, Jim, 
yeah. you cannot obviously vote for Quest Worlds, but you do have to give us a vote. Well, who are you going to vote for? Because you feel threatened by the Twitterati. I mean, I know old school RuneQuest players, really old school RuneQuest players that know where I live. <laughs> Um, and they're not, they're not on Twitter. So, yeah. you know, you get the idea. Um, but uh, I'll, I'll get my vote in before they come around and knock on the door. Uh, I am going yeah, to go sure. with the One Ring. Because I've, I've actually played it, believe it or not. Ooh. It wasn't RuneQuest, amazingly. I do, I do occasionally play other things. And, and I, quite, uh, I quite like the okay. uh, stances in it and those kind of bells and whistles that you had on it and and the idea of being able to do that but as well as just say i'll hit it appeals um and yeah uh, yeah as, as i've as i've let down a team and didn't go with rq uh, I, I i think i should switch to something that is undoubtedly deadly um i i think the game that matthew ran there were there were five <laughs> five of us or something like that maybe even six of us that were trying to kill one troll and believe me, we only just survived. So uh, I'll, I'll, I'm going to go with the one ring. Okay. okay. And therefore, your left leg would be safe, not having nominated ring quest. Okay. So, well done, Neil. One vote for the one ring. Uh, K. Got a K now. You cannot vote, obviously, for Call of Cthulhu. I'm afraid. Sorry. No, that's fair Ooh, enough. Okay. I mean, there were some really good points made. I love that that between all of us, I think we've we've kind of picked uh, all of the four horsemen or five horsemen of the combat apocalypse because uh, we've had we've got the your, your lookup tables, we've got your opposing yeah. dice pools, we've got your skill percentages, we've got your point spend. You know, we've got all mm -hmm. of the different apocalyptic flavors of death that you can get when uh when playing and so it's really hard for me to to choose obviously i'm as i said i'm the kind of player who likes things fairly loosey-goosey and i really like the fact that you've got that on your graph and i've literally got that on my graph too so yeah. loosey-goosey is now a a proper term i think we should claim copyright of that term now i think so uh, when yeah. it when it comes to to game systems um but i have to say that you know, considering what I've played and what I've really enjoyed in the systems that aren't mine, I'm going to have to go with Doc's D&D 4th Edition um, because it does have that nice, you know, there are lots of nice, nice little tables if you want them um, yeah. and you can choose to use them or not choose them. And, and I'm just looking now at uh, Doc and Neil <laughs> who are, uh, it, I think, I think I'm grogmy. Uh, Neil is going to just completely snub me and never speak to me ever oh, again. That's uh, whereas <laughs> I will be getting free drinks from Doc for at least uh, you know the next two cons out of this. But no, no, yeah, for, yeah. you know, I, admittedly, my character spent a lot of time falling down pits when combat was happening. Um, right. But uh, you know, there's there's a lot of potential out there. Although having said that, no you take know, I no am take a bit back. of a sucker for a good no location, location table. Just to be clear. Yeah. Can we, <laughs> just just for, I don't know. I've only played it a couple. Of times though does does uh, fourth edition does that have like hit location options because you know that, that, it is it is fun it is fun well, when we... everyone loses a leg you know <laughs> We uh, we we do have the, the one hit location template that obviously will be in the game is the shark hit location table. <laughs> yes. So plenty of combats versus sharks, and and we'll be okay. That's wonderful. In that case, so, I'm a piece. So four E, you're going mm -hmm. for D and D four E. Doc, I think is is just about coming down. Off, uh, off his, uh, off his victory dance on uh, I, I just, uh, that podium. You've got in the back. A pole dance. 
Brilliant. And 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 now we'll come to well, you then, uh, Doc. If you could just oh, take yourself off the but, dancing uh, podium. And, uh, well, uh, luckily I don't. have... You can't to, vote uh, for 4E. Um, don't forget. I, and uh, Kay, don't worry. Um, uh, you know, you'll be popular. Remember, Thirteenth Age is based off 4E. So you know, I mean, you'll have Baz off the Smart Party, and who more do you mm. want? So um, uh, anyway, uh, obviously I'm heartbroken that Jim didn't go with Request. Where were yeah, you I'm last sorry. time, Jim, when we were doing oh. characteristics and I was pushing Quest World and you weren't here? So <laughs> we get to combat and you go, well. So, okay, Quest Worlds, I love that resolution system, but it's not specifically combat. It's the same resolution mm -hmm. system, whether you're dealing with haggling over a goat or, you know, swinging from a chandelier to stab someone in the throat. It's, um, uh, and I love mm -hmm. it, but yep. I find it difficult to pick as a specific combat um, uh, uh, area. Call of Cthulhu. Um, genuinely interested in that Call of Cthulhu combat. I've never seen one of its peak points. Um, but of course, it's, you know, use the same system as RuneQuest. And so therefore, mm. obviously, it's an excellent choice. Um, uh, the, the One Ring, I quite enjoy the One Ring. Um, but again, combat was never really a highlight of it. Um, which I think brings me you know, uh, 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 to the to the second old man being unexpectedly delighted um, uh, in the same podcast. Uh, Merp is fun. It's really difficult to argue that Merp, Merp is fun. The criticals, are, you know, it's a it's it's not quite Gonzo, and we can have that argument another time. But um, it's unpredictable. Um, uh, and uh, yep, as an as an ex Rollmaster fan, I'm going to back up Merp. <gasps> A vote for Merp. Sorry. I don't know why I came over all giddy then. <laughs> I think that's a first ever vote for Merp. <laughs> okay. Wow. I've got a horrible feeling this is going to come into the judgment of Solomon again. Uh, okay. Neil. Neil, you cannot vote for the one ring. So, so far, so far then, we have a vote for D&D &D 40. We have a vote for the one ring. We have a vote for Merp. Okay. So, uh, yeah, it's 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 tough. So I, I guess the one uh, you, I've never played for e, so it, it you know I can't really vote for that. Um, <clears throat> Quest Worlds, I have played uh, Hero Quest a few times and enjoyed it. Um, but like you say, Doc, it's that one mechanic for everything, and it's very clever how it it scales. <laughs> the first time I played it at uh, Expo, Ian Cooper was running it, and and uh, Dick the Dice and Blythe were playing, and it had come to a like a climax at the end of um, Dick's character and my character. We basically fall onto opposing factions, and uh, there was and I was like, oh, it's going to be a big fight. And my 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 character was a warrior, a big badass warrior. I was like, going to batter, I'm going to, you know, it's going to be great. And then, and I think it was because we were running out of time as well. And he goes, "Okay, roll a d20." And we rolled a d20, and Dirk rolled better than me. He's like, "Well, he won." <laughs> I was like, "What? <laughs> Hold on." So uh, you know, so I can see how it scales and how it can be, uh, you, you know, and you can make it more granular and stuff like that. But yeah, it's it's not for me. Uh, Call of Cthulhu. I played it a fair bit of Call of Cthulhu, and it is a nice, uh, is a nice uh, simple system, but. It, it doesn't really feature a, a, a lot, or if it does, it's, it's kind of very quick. And, um, you know, I think back to, um, I don't know, Pulp Cthulhu. I, I mean, it was it was pretty good. I'm not too sure about, I mean, the 7th edition 
is 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 mm -hmm. okay i think um and i do like the d100 system generally however um yeah map i i just really enjoy playing map i like all the the swinginess of it i think <laughs> i like the deadliness of it uh you know the fact your character can be killed if if the dice gods are against you i think it's fantastic so my choice is going to be map this is this is appalling <laughs> this is dreadful merp is merp is in the lead and obviously i can't vote for merp i can't vote for it so i'm gonna to have to put some sort of uh some sort of spin on this and of course this this first series we are talking about pretty much exclusively now we're going to make this into a fantasy game as opposed to anything else episode two will do uh, episode two series two will do uh we'll do science fiction i think which will <laughs> appease the traveler people not not literally obviously that could be missing but i'm not sure we have a a large traveler following uh yeah anyway uh i can't vote from that uh quest worlds again um when i played uh, but then it, it's probably it's me rather than the game uh i i felt that that was a bit too loosey-goosey for me uh dungeons and dragons 4e um again it was that came about when i was really in in a very deep hiatus uh in the freeze so again i've only played it once i do own uh, a player's handbook from D fourth edition and it, and it has always intrigued me um so i would be, it would be remiss of me to vote blind call of cthulhu i adore call of cthulhu i absolutely love call of cthulhu however i think as doc quite rightly said i don't think the combat system really uh, stands up so uh, I am going to vote for uh, the One Ring because I think I think it's right. I think the, the One Ring is is great. Clearly, I can't vote for Merp. Uh, what a shame! Uh, so we have a tied a tied uh, a split decision. Now, what we'd usually do is we'd go to a, a referee, but uh, since the only other person who's been on this podcast has been my dog, I don't think she's in a position to to decide. So, uh, again, this this really is the judgment. I think we're going to have to we're going to have to revote with just two 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 in it, the One Ring and Merp. So, uh, I'll have a quick uh, a one word answer from everybody, please, uh, and it is uh, the One Ring. And it is Merp. I'll find a way of building the tension. I was, of course, going to have the Hallelujah <laughs> chorus blaring out if if Merp had got through straight away. But Merp. so, uh, Doc, one ring or Merp? Uh, Neil, uh, one ring or Merp? Because I can't pick the one ring. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you can! Oh, in, can no, in you can vote. in this vote. Oh, in this vote, I would yeah, vote yeah. For the one ring, then, yeah. One, one ring. Jim, one ring or Merp? <sighs> I'm going to say Merp. Kay. <laughs> you have the deciding oh, vote. The power. Is it? Is it the one ring or is it Merp? Well, even though I am very much a loosey-goosey kind of combat player, the one time I did play this game, I really, really, really yeah. loved it. And it's Merp. <gasps> <laughs> I, I am definitely going to ignore you. <laughs> 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 I don't know why. I, I, I feel so. I feel so pleased, uh, but 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 quite dirty too. <laughs> uh, 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 something I never thought I'd say, but making it into Frankenstein's RPG 
<laughs> it's Merv. Have you got any idea how badly this is going to go down with people? Oh, it's brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> but fantastic. I've just, uh, I'm now thinking about all those. As we said before, I think uh, it was a, a phrase coined by Chris, uh, you know, Frankenstein's RPG, the game that will give you a hernia. I think it's a double hernia now with, the, with all those critical role tables. Brilliant. Fantastic. Thank you very much, everybody. And uh, and now we come on to segment two. So segment two, and uh, this, is, this is an interesting topic that was brought up. And again, it was one of these that when we sort of first started out and when I was canvassing opinion from people, what sorts of things ought we to include in, in an RPG? And I, I have a suspicion that this may not be quite as long as the, the discussion about combat, but, uh, and it is the idea of failing forward. Now, failing for, what failing forward isn't is you know, bennies or fake points or re-rolls or luck or anything like that, and, unless somebody wishes to bring that into it. Um, what it probably is, is essentially it's allowing a success from a failed roll, but some sort of consequence of that. So failing forward, where should we start? Should we start with, uh, with uh, Doc this time? Doc, failing forward, what's your view? What do you think? If we're allowed failing forward, I presume we're allowed slight success as the other sort of mixed result that you're looking at. You know, I think we're talking about, you know, generating a result that isn't a complete success, yeah. isn't a complete failure. And, you know, how does that work? Um, mm. Again, uh, done very differently in lots of systems. But the um, and of course, it's really interesting. I mean, you yeah. can uh, you can have it on a granular basis uh, where a particular role gives a particular outcome yeah. you know it's actually there in the system you know that you'll get a, a, a partial thing or in many 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 narrative systems you know from yeah. powered by the apocalypse to blades in the dark etc you've got the yes but with a complication um yeah. uh, and i personally find them quite difficult um i think it's um when you're using dice mm. roll to generate plot um, I think that's a big cognitive load on uh, either the player um, or the GM uh, to actually make it work and to be a good outcome. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I think, I mean, certainly uh, Steve, you know, all of R has said that uh, he had to just stop playing Scum and Villainy because the number of consequences he, you know, he was coming up with were just, you know, twisting the campaign well both his brain and the campaign you know there's only so many plot twists you can throw into uh, a, yeah. a game before it risks becoming incoherent and if the plot twists aren't significant then what's the point you know mm -hmm. so um i think this is a really difficult one and you did make the suggestion that we should be saying yes or no to this um my feeling you know, again you know, looking at the time and your limit to how long you can go on uh, record on anchor for um, my feeling uh, 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 to be slightly shorter. I think it's a good idea, but I think we have to be uh, I would like to see the game take on some of the work and not just say um, uh, failure, but make up a way that uh, it's a success or success or make up a way that it's a failure. Um, that's a mm. cop out. Mm. That, that is my job. Controversial. Okay. So, no, so, just, so no, what you're actually saying all is games don't that do have it. this are idiots. Don't do it. At me. 
I mean, I, I, I think I can say pretty much the same thing. <laughs> so, so Neil, Neil, you're gonna you're gonna be saying uh, well, something yeah, similar, then, I presumably. Mean, I, I um, you know, I, I just don't see like Steve has talked about. You know, uh, as Doc mentioned there, that the challenge of coming up with interesting consequences is is exhausting, and and also, and this I know Jim's going to touch on this as well. But the the reason for it is people go, oh well, you, you know, it's more interesting narratively. It's more interesting for people to succeed, and they get a consequence. And I think why, like failure is failure itself has its own consequence. Um, so maybe you don't um, you don't pick the lock, uh, and in not picking the lock or not picking the lock in time, <clears throat> you know, some guards come around and you failed, and you know. The, the, you understand that the reason you're now having to deal with the guards is because you ain't good enough at picking that lock. And that's and that's just that's life. That's the way it is. You know, you're not always going to do everything. But like this <laughs> this thing about you 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 you, you 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 know you either succeed or you succeed with consequence. Well, you succeed, you get through. Everything's perfect. You succeed with confidence, and you've broken your lock picks. Maybe so. So, okay, so that's fine. You've broken your lockpicks. That's the consequence. Next time, it's going to be harder. Next time you roll and you succeed with consequence, what's the consequence going to be now? You know, I just think, nah, just, just fail and deal with. If you're climbing a cliff, right, and you fail to climb it and you fall to your death, then that's like, it's like people understand these. There's like, you know, risk and consequence and all that. I, I just, I just don't, I just don't get it. I, I, I'm 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 not a, a, a fan of it at all. I'll, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna gamble and say you you think there should be winners and losers at school sports. <laughs> yes, yeah. well. although I was I was always a a, 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 a loser <laughs> to be fair. Uh, you know, but it made but it made you the man you are. Picking football teams that was always a joy. You know. <laughs> That speaks to the bitterness of someone who works in computer. You know, textbook to no one. So true. So true. Okay, Kate, Kate, you, you've you've stuck your head above the parapet uh, now. Come on, so failing forward. What do you think? So so far, we have two nominations for no. Don't put it in. It's it's a tricky one, isn't it? Because I think it's a fad. Mm. I think it's faddy. I th I th so uh, yeah, consequences is a fad, and it's you know, and it's gone to its logical conclusion in the game fiasco, where it's yeah. nothing but consequences. And I've never played fiasco yeah. because the whole thought of it just brings me out in hives. Because I like to have a structure that I understand. Um, but I have okay. listened to to some some actual play, and it's you know from from players who were really 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 good, and. Yeah. Uh, it was, in fact, just an utter nightmare. I mean, by about, you know, 45 minutes into the game, I had no clue what was happening. And I thought, <laughs> I'm just a spectator here. What's it going to be like for the GM? And I do wonder if it is just a fad to help GMs out in the, you know, in the kind of games where you've got your your, your kind of critical role style D&D &D folks, where the GM has to do all the work and, and, and loads of people are emulating that and therefore... They bring out this 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 mechanic so that the GM can just have a cup of tea for a minute, you know, and it's the players who have to do all the hard thinking. But I don't think that works at all. I think it's just an attempt to obfuscate how murderous your hobos are, essentially. So uh, I'm not a fan of it unless, and there is this one caveat, uh, and I'm going to go back to my 
beloved vampire. In the same way that, Dave, you okay. are a merp-based life form, <laughs> I am a vampire a I masquerade. Am, I am a critical hit a table, based life yes. Form. And, and I really like it because it's, it worked really well for that in terms of power mitigation because you're all vampires and it's when you get that messy crit. And the messy crit is the mm. one thing that I do like in that crit isn't always just splat uh crit can also have com consequences and if you've got extremely powerful players at the table as in sorry characters at the table um who are just you know their murder hoboness is they're no longer murder hobos they're like murder gentry um then you <laughs> might need something like that to mitigate just how quickly they can just smash through an entire uh, an entire campaign so okay. i would say okay. so it, it's not a yes or no i can't be quite that binary but i can say only if it's for huge power mitigation on things like a messy crit. Anything else, any other sort of fail with, you know, consequences or, you know, marginal consequences or great consequences is just faddy and faffy and I don't like it. Okay. So no except for Vampire of the Masquerade. Jim, I, 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 I know you have you have feelings well, about this. You know, would, so you, would you care to share no with the group? or dogs have been harmed in making this podcast, but I, I'm going to stick the boot firmly into this concept of fail forward. Do you know what? <laughs> this morning I had to look up even what it was. Yeah. And what I discovered it was in my cursory 30 seconds glance at this thing. It's a fix an implementation issue. That's the politest way I could put it. It's not what I've got written down here, um, but it's the politest way I can describe it. You know, the, the solution is not a new rules feature that makes everybody's life more complicated. It's just better implementation. And, and people talked about it seriously when they, when they were talking about it on the investigative sort of discussion you had. You know, if the, if, if the adventurers need to find a clue to progress, surely they find it. Success in this case is, is about finding the secret way in past the goons. That's what success means. Otherwise, you've got to fight your way in. Um, and to, to Neil's point, really, failure writes another part of the story. You know, how, many, uh, how many stories historically have had heroes that mm -hmm. fail on their journey? And then th they might even need to fail to learn something. You know, the first yeah. time you attack the uh, dangerous uh, were-rabbit and somebody gets killed and then you have to throw in the, the holy angry, hand grenade of Antioch. Um, you know, you learn something. Admittedly, somebody in a red vest might have had to sacrifice themselves <laughs> to find out. But you, you know, so, so there's all of that with it. So I, honestly, yeah. I don't get it and I would consign it to the bin of role-playing trivia uh, to be brought up on some kind of trivia quiz in 10 years' time <laughs> when we're all in... You know, wheelchairs are sitting on commodes and, and we're there at virtual groggy. <laughs> yes, uh, I believe Pookie has actually written a question about uh, <laughs> failing. No, he hasn't. Failing forward. Okay, so so uh, how how can I fly in, in the face of this agenda? Funny enough, on, on Twitter, it was one of those people just... Meh. Not an awful lot, which probably tells you the followers of, of, of this podcast may may well agree uh, agree with uh, with the the opinions that have been advanced already. The only the only defence was um, uh, at M Heimbecker, uh, who said about Mouse Guard uh, that Mouse Guard used it particularly well uh, as as a mechanic. I've only actually played Mouse Guard, I think, once, uh, and that was at uh, that was at Grogmeat last year. But um, so it, it may well be <clears throat> it may be absolutely right. 
I find but I find myself in a position where I feel like I ought to defend the indefensible, uh, but I can't. I think it actually is indefensible. <laughs> I think I think I am a bit. So you know, I, I'm, I'm terribly sorry. I don't subscribe to this liberal agenda of. <laughs> Of, of no, no, my pretty darlings, you can't, you can't fail. Just fail. to be a devil's Fa- fail them hard, fail them often is what I say. Just to be a devil's advocate okay. on this, and knowing how much you love Merp, if there was a fail forward with consequences table, would that mm. change your mind? Yes. If it was a very set table of what would happen, I, I suspect though that the Merp table would just have one word on it, naught to one hundred. Yeah. No, <laughs> I can't imagine it would be a very inclusive in, table. Um, in, in All Anthrax's podcast, isn't it? Uh, when when you talk to Grant Howitt, mm. and and um, and oh, uh, yeah. if I remember rightly, Grant said that you because you know, Steve talked about the the um, scum and villainy thing and whatever, and Grant had said that he tried yeah. to encapsulate that idea of of. Uh, um, succeeding with consequence in the um what do they call them when you when you stress. when you take damage to your stress that was it yeah stress and, yeah. and so it's it's kind of yeah. mechanized built into you, you know uh, the game depending on what you're trying to yeah. do if you get a certain result uh and 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 the there's the uh, um the not afflictions you get the you, you know if you take so many points you have to roll and then, and then, if you roll under, yeah, uh, uh, over that score, I think it is. You then, or under, or whatever, yeah, you, 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 uh, yeah. You, you then get a a um, like a major or major, yeah, that's a condition. a condition. And I think that's quite interesting yeah, yeah. because it, uh, it it takes that um, a bit of having to think about things that you can apply, and yeah. also, but is it, but. Yeah, but he, he in that game though does it use does it use it as that or does it say because it, mm. it has these are all the successes yeah. eight or better yeah. is a success I, but at eight yeah. you've only just succeeded I, I think is that you the get, same as I'm trying to remember now failing don't forward you take um, depending on how well you roll or, or, or whatever you, you you take degrees of stress and then. Uh, yeah, and, and it all does hinge on the role that follows on from that. You might take a load of stress, but you might still roll yeah. well. Uh, so, so, you, so you, you know, but yeah. ultimately, it, it builds up, I guess, to a point where there is a, a condition. Um, but yeah, I can I can see how yeah. it's it's maybe it's not quite the same. Um, this is, but this is this is what we're talking about here is the safety net, isn't it? Mm. Like you said, oh poor baby, mm. no, okay, you can yeah. you can do it, yeah. but there'll be something wrong. Um, Okay, so uh, we need to draw this to some sort of conclusion, I'm afraid. <clears throat> this sort of vitriol. So essentially, we've got uh, Doc, no you were saying we're not having it. Is that how it works? Neil. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, interestingly enough, uh, you, can't vote, you can't vote for your no, uh, but you could vote for Neil's no, uh, Jim's no, my no or Kay's no, well, except for Vampire of the Masquerade um, at only eye levels. Do you want my vote? My vote, um, uh, my vote would be. Who would you like uh, to I vote think for? I'm going to go with. Yes. Uh, I think I'm going to go with Jim's no. Jim's no. One vote. Thank uh, you. Definitely, uh, Jim's Neil. No. I think Jim nailed it. If I'm quite honest. Yeah. It was a good no. Yeah. 
Good. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to. I'm going to. I'm, no, I'm going to prolong the agony. Kay, who are you voting um, for? You can't vote for your no, yeah, except no for yeah. Vampire. My no with though, consequences, yeah. you mean. Uh, <laughs> 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 oh, see what I did there. Um, yeah, I think I'm going to have to vote for, for Jim's no, because, you know, he talks Jim's about no. it being a mechanic. It's it's a it's a fix. It's, um you know, it's 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 a workaround. It's not a mechanic. And, and therefore, no. Hmm. Okay. Uh, Jim, I come to you at this stage. Oh no, actually, I'm sorry, my vote. I'm I'm also. I've weighed up the options. I think I'm going to vote for uh, Jim's no, is going to be my vote, which essentially means that your vote is redundant. Uh, well, I, I'm going to vote for Monday. Uh, for, for not that, not for that specific <laughs> reason. That's entirely a coincidence. Um, and, and I think his, his excellent, well-judged opinion in R3 uh, closely aligned with mine. <laughs> well done. One, one vote. Nick, Jim, Jim, your your no has been voted the mechanic for uh, failing forward for uh, thank you for the Frankenstein's RPG. Well, well done. Uh, I think the round of applause. I, I, I think very, very well. The trophy just with the word no on it or something. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> Jim and his no uh, wins it. I, I, I think actually that the one the one phrase that really jumped out at me anyway from that whole bit was actually as you as you absolutely nailed it. I think Jim, when you said failure writes another part of the story, I think that's absolutely yeah that is the way we should uh, we should and and that's what it, we will have a section in the Frankenstein's RPG that says failing forward no. <laughs> Failure writes another part of the story. Perfect. Fabulous. Listen, uh, thank you, everybody. So we, we now have two more elements, or, well, one more element and, and, and one that isn't an element. Uh, the uh, MERP, is, <laughs> MERP is our combat system. I still <laughs> it feels like I'm dreaming. Uh, <laughs> and uh, other, than, uh, other than the slides, for, failing forward, it's a no, uh, but failure writes another part of the story. So brilliant! Thank you again, everybody, for for giving up your time. Thank I think you it's been ever. a really, 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 really good fun, really good episode. Okay. Let me just go and kick the dog. Hang on a second. <laughs> just to be clear, listeners, he is not kicking the dog. He is uh, he is cuddling the dog and gently encouraging the dog to make less noise. <laughs> Every, everyone's everyone's a critic. <laughs> Blimey. So, that was episode four. Frankenstein's RPG, the only game that will give you a double hernia. So, first, a big thank you to our panel for their prep on this episode. Uh, I seem to be the only one who wings it these days. Uh, I will try and put Kay's presentation into the show notes, but I think it probably works best on the website, so I'll, I'll certainly get a link out there somewhere. You should really take a look at what she's done. It's fantastic. So, uh, we are starting to get a little bit of shape to the game. Uh, I think we'll be having a go at stitching some of this together fairly soon. And, of course, we will be looking for playtesters. Maybe a launch at one of the cons. Hmm. Thank you, as always, for listening. Um, and don't forget, you can find us on Twitter, at FrankensteinRPG, or contact us on email, thefrankensteinrpg at gmail.com. Or alternatively, if your technology skills are up to it, you can voice message us via Anchor. 
If you do get the time, please do pass the pod to others you think might be interested. Or please do leave us a review on your podcast provider of choice. It would be hugely appreciated. Our music for the podcast is supplied by the Freak Fandango Orchestra, The Gypsy Song, under the Open Content Licence, and is from their album Wild Goats and Useless Heroes. Next time, in a departure to the usual sort of format, we'll be looking at art. Not necessarily the most straightforward of subjects for a largely visual medium to be explored in a podcast, but we've got some fantastic guests. So, Neil Burton, John Hodgson, and grognard artist extraordinaire Paul, at SpookShow71 on Twitter, whose art is absolutely superb. Anyway, I'll find a way of shoehorning in some sort of vote. Uh, Just got to figure that one out. After that, we have an episode devoted to resources, equipment of all manner, and the whys and wherefores uh, managing it. And that is where At Dissecting Worlds uh, gets his right of reply. Anyway, many thanks for listening. We'll see you soon.